everybody. Back to another episode of the Emmanuel Pastors Podcast, a chance for you to listen in on a conversation between your two pastors. I'm Pastor Nathan. I'm Pastor Theo. And it is it's like a little after four right now um, on Friday, and it's getting dark. How do you feel about that, Theo? Uh, I, I don't like it. I, um, I think I've like getting, I don't know, how long have I been here? I've been here like uh, six years now and I still don't like, I still don't like the cold. And I still don't like the dark. So does it feel more dark here than, uh, it like in Colorado or at this time of year? Uh, it also got dark early. Um, so, but it, maybe it's, it's exacerbated by the fact that we're on the very far Eastern edge of the time zone. Is mm-hmm. that right? Would that I wouldn't know. Um, I do think, I think like, that makes sense, right? Yeah, like I the think sun. It's still the same time right now on the western side of the time zone, but the sun hasn't started to set yet, mm. right? Yeah. So Maybe. I think that that makes things worse. I do think like like seasonally things were paced out a lot better in Colorado. Uh, here it's kind of all over the place. So Just well, Colorado is notorious for having like the most days of sunshine, right? Yeah. I think it's like 320 some days out of the year of sunshine and well, Chicago is much less but but, you but there say, are there are worse places to be that's true Siberia so. mm, I don't know uh, I think we know who the president's gonna be uh, hopefully well, yeah. there's no other like upsets or nothing like that so um, it's kind of nice to have that done with and know what the you know what some of the things are going to be the new challenges and what what some of the what some things may be better and, yeah. and just start to readjust to what, what things will be like for the next four years so it's hopefully we'll end soon official concession speech soon um yeah so what are we going to talk about today uh church we're going to talk about church church yeah. <laughs> Yes, church. Uh, more specifically, gathering as a church. I guess we've this is something we've probably talked about a good bit in different angles, right? Maybe our, one of our early podcasts was mm-hmm. about online church and whether that's even a possible thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the church? Um, and then since June, we've been back to having Sunday gatherings again and... Um, super blessed by that it's been the game changer for my whole outlook on life and uh and then recently with some uncertainty about the governor's mitigation measures maybe we would gonna have to cancel church again and just that whole thing was really um you know stressful thinking through that but making us kind of step back again and think about church and why it's so important and what uh yeah what what is the sunday gathering and how does that play into the life of the christian especially in these days now it's so highlighted um because i'm seeing stats coming out there's um uh carrie newhoff he's kind of a church guru person i don't really benefit from his analysis very often but he I check him every once in a while to see what his 
what what stats he's he's reading and uh and recently he had a a, a post an article about three shocking statistics that show how quickly radically and permanently question mark church is changing mm-hmm. in 2020 um and uh, i'll just kind of go through it really briefly here do you do you have this up yeah okay um everybody knows everything's changing really fast uh and he hears church leaders say things like quote people have always gathered in person and they'll gather again as soon as possible or you know this is the church in-person gatherings are here forever and carrie newhoff says ah maybe not and maybe that's a okay thing if you will pay attention to the statistics and uh, he says you know these numbers below paint a, a different story one that wise church leaders may want to act on now while there's still time to pivot. <laughs> um, there's no biblical reasoning here, no theological categories here. This is purely, here are the statistics we're finding. How are we going to respond by innovating to m- adapt and meet these this new landscape? That kind of stuff bugs the heck out of me. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's awful. I think it's awful. It's anyway, but the statistics are the statistics, and what statistics are is he citing? Um, there are many numbers floating around right now, but these three, in many ways, clarify the trends we're seeing. And as shocking as they are, they can help you prepare for a very different, but also very promising future. At least that's my hope. So number one, thirty-six percent. That's the average in-person attendance for reopened churches. So, of the churches that have reopened, only 36% of what their pre-COVID numbers were have come back. Hmm. I, I mean, that's shocking. That's a that's to me a very shocking national statistic. And this is this is what eight nine months in, right? Mm-hmm. Eight months in. Um. He so. says, well, maybe some churches are outliers. Maybe your church isn't. I mean, our church is um, I would pretty much 100% back. But he said, don't, don't be deceived. Um, you may be an outlier, but this is the, this is the new normal. Hmm. So, I, you know, I, uh, I always, like, want to be careful, and, and I never want to... Um, paint other churches badly and I know uh, COVID pandemic life, it, it always brings challenges and I uh, I know there's there's been a lot of pastors that are just trying the best they can to care for their people and, and stuff like that. Right. Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But hard, hard, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Every, every yeah. church is faced with really hard realities, hard decisions. Yeah. But what this yeah. guy is basically saying is these are the realities. Let's Right. accept them and adapt to them right right um yeah so like i think one of the questions that like you know kind of rings around for for us and and that we we should address is the way like we've been running our policy on, on church life and stuff like that um you know uh we've we're cool uh, we're, we're unhappy when we have to do it but we will cancel church when we don't have a choice and and when we feel like it's the best 
option to be safe for everybody to be obedient to our leaders so so we did that we did that for a couple months right um but we also when we had the opportunity to come back we prioritized it and we we were still trying to keep everybody safe and uh you know hopefully if, if anybody has more recommendations on how we can do this better and stuff we're, we're all open ears but we made an attempt to teach with our actions and our choices that um this is not something that we can just dispense of without any cost or thought. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So let's get into that really fast. I'll just, the other two stats uh, that he cites here. So 36% pre-COVID numbers have come back. 41% is the percentage of Gen Z who primarily prefer physical gatherings post-COVID. Um so and then the third one was uh 30 percent is the percentage point gap between boomers and gen z so he's saying that the the only people that would would, or not the only people but mostly the people that are saying that that in in person gathering is is key and we can't wait for that to come are baby boomers gen z doesn't really care gen z is the future of the church we need to then adapt to that um yeah so rethink reimagine pivot adapt that's the call and uh and we want to say nope we're going to stick with scripture theology church history and and i uh so that's kind of what we want to talk about now, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I wrote a, a blog article um, six years ago. So this was 2014. Because these numbers aren't shockingly new and out of nowhere. I mean, church attendance was going down. There were studies coming out about, you know, previously, like a regular church attender used to be somebody that went to church every Sunday. And then in, nowadays, it's like someone who goes like twice a month. And and I'd seen we've seen that in our own church. I mean, even... In our church, there's people that are spotty in their attendance that aren't just there every week and trying to disciple new believers into this stuff. And and so I just kind of jotted down 15 reasons why a, a Christian goes to church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we, I just thought we could walk through that, I'll summarize it really fast. You can throw in some comments and then we can see if you have any other reasons that you would add. And then if, and I think I might have at least one more reason that I would add, knowing what I know now, in in this current state that we're in. But um, but yeah, I think my my feeling is going to church is the most elemental, fundamental, non-negotiable discipline of the Christian life. Like uh, you become a Christian, what's the very first and most basic thing that you do? You go to church on Sunday, and I just don't think we think that way. Usually, we think about evangelism, and I'll I'll talk to people out there, and I'll, you know, share the gospel with them. And if they become a Christian, then it, maybe they would start by praying and reading their Bible, and maybe they would, you know, eventually we'd get to this whole thing about church and baptism and stuff like that. Whereas in the New Testament, that's like that's the baseline thing. You you be converted you're baptized and you're part of the church and then we can talk about other thing, other things you know 
Um, so anyway, here here is my uh, number one reason. God commands it. Um, I said you can't escape the fact that Hebrews ten twenty five is in the Bible, and it's very clear. Um, do not forsake the assembling together of the saints. Uh, and then I say like, well, oh, maybe you you think that that's you can fulfill that in different ways. But if you just put together a whole bunch of other passages in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 16, 2, on the first day of the week when you gather, Acts 20, verse 7, Paul's in Troas. You just kind of, across the board, the whole, you know, stuff at the end of 1 Corinthians about how a, a, a service looks. It all is presupposing James when somebody shows up in your assembly in shabby clothes. Like, every, it's just all sort of presupposing regular Lord's Day gatherings for the church. Anything you'd add there? Um, no, I think I think that one's like pretty clear. There's, I mean, it sounds basic, but I don't think we should outgrow like um, this attitude. Like, you know, if God tells you to do something, for you should do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, that could we could go deeper there. We could mm-hmm. we could argue objections so maybe somebody really believes that the bible had no had had nothing like what we're talking about when we talk about sunday church gathering in mind um let's grant that for just a brief second um what about hebrews 13 17 which says obey your leaders and submit to their authority they keep watch over you as men who must give an account that's in the bible right Mm -hmm. um so here are your pastors saying we want you to come every sunday (laughs) so we can keep watch over your souls and feed you and and know how you're doing and um we think this is best for you so don't make it hard on us (laughs) that's so yeah number one god commands it we think number two your leaders expect it Mm -hmm. um and if we're if we're wrong and we're totally wasting your time, then we're gonna have to ha- answer to God on, for that, right? Yeah. Um, number three, it's it is good for you. It won't be a waste of your time. Come on, how could hearing God's word read and preached, and sung and prayed and visualized at the Lord's table with other people? How how could that be a bad thing, right? Yeah. How, how could that be like? Mm, I think it would be better if I caught up on my sleep this morning. Yeah. Um, I think uh, one thing I would add to like this point, which is just something I've been thinking about a lot, and and just reading the the Bible for myself, um, and reading the Old Testament a lot, is just like how many ceremonies God um, put in in the life of Israel, mm-hmm. um, and it's 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 the, it it sounds. It sounds like overkill the amount he put in there, but like the point was to drive home the fact that um, you have to consistently remember who I am and consistently remember what I did for you and in delivering mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And not only do you have to consistently remember it, you have to consistently teach it to your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't do these like uh, rituals and all these ceremonies and things like that you're gonna forget and mm-hmm. you're gonna f- 
fall away because of it. So and the New Testament. What would you say? Have, Go ahead. I think um, you're going where I'm going to ask. Yeah, the New Testament doesn't have like the same amount of sacrament. Uh, uh, same, sorry, same amount of ceremonies or anything like that. Right. Um, but it, it limits it down to like some basic stuff. Right. But still, like all the more, I think with those basic stuff comes that same expectation. Like you do these things so that you don't forget um, right. what the Lord's done for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So ceremony and ritual to some is a, could be a, a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like the New Testament seems more like worship in spirit and truth, not on this mountain, but everywhere. Mm-hmm. And every day can be a holy day. And any t- I can meet with believers at a coffee shop and get fellowship. You know, um, I think that's a been a big, a big objection from certain segments for a while. Yeah. Um, maybe we can come back to that in a second but mm-hmm. um number four it's not all about you um and there i was basically saying that um yeah you you may not like it actually <laughs> but uh it's not all about your taste and kind of something that kind of really hits like exactly what you would want for, for if you were designing your perfect worship experience going to a church where you actually have other people there that annoy you or you know songs that aren't you know perfectly polished like radio versions or these kinds of things that kind of feel like a little bit of a nail on chalkboard you know that's actually good that's actually really good for you um we're too consumeristic and and, and, and going to a church and kind of evaluating it and judging it and being like, eh, that didn't really do it for me. Um, that's a pro- that's a spiritual problem. And just going to a church with all of its warts and flaws and things it could do better, that's good. That's a good sign of growing and maturity and learning that the world doesn't revolve around you. Um, and uh, and other people there need you. You're not going there to the, like find the church that suits me really well, <laughs> right? You're going because oh, here are other believers that I can encourage today. Um, the Bible says that we need to sing to one another to be filled with the Spirit, you know. So I can go and I can sing, and and it's discouraging to me as a leader, but I think it's discouraging just to the common Christian. If there's, you know that there's 86 members that have, that could be there, but you know, 30 of them decided to go on a camping trip or, you know, have, have a, a day to themselves or, or they just aren't there. Like that kind of starts to eat at you and kind of, it's kind of discouraging. Um, it kind of shows you like, Hmm, um, maybe, yeah, maybe this place is really lame and I need to jump ship too, you know, like it, it, but if you're, if you're there, even if you're not feeling it, but just being there, your very presence, um, bolsters and buoys other believers, uh, and, and, and reminds us like, yes, the Lord is worthy and he's doing something here. Um, right. uh, one I mean, one thing I was thinking about with that was like the book of, of James. Uh, I thought was like when you you know you're talking about like I don't really like it. You know the people can't sing well and 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 uh, different things like that. Um, 
I think one of the things about the the assemblies of the congregation is with the book of James since talking about, you know, showing preferential treatment for uh, Hmm. people who are rich versus people who are poor. Uh, One of the things about, like, coming to church every Sunday is it teaches you to love people and uh, learn from people who you don't actually really like at the first beginning. Um, People who are not like you are not in the same socioeconomic bracket or same uh, same sociological click um, but right. you have to come together every Sunday with them and hear them sing good. and talk to them and it's good for yep. you yep yep um, number five think about the lost and and this is where you know that uh, article I was citing earlier ends right like it says if, if your mission is to fill buildings then keep going with your current strategy but if your mission is to reach people it might be time to rethink things um, and I appreciate the the missional impulse and the desire to be evangelistic and church isn't just a club for Christians. Um, you know, the first priority of church is a gathering of an assembly of the saints. It's, it's for edification first, but also evangelism, right? First Corinthians, um, seems to envision this potential of some, an unbeliever walking in off the street, right? And meeting God there. So Mm -hmm. we should always be not a seeker sensitive, but seeker, aware kind of place mm-hmm. um, and so what if somebody did bring a, a, a co-worker they're evangelizing a non-christian family member or someone just kind of showed up off the street um, and the place is just kind of half full right mm-hmm. um, that's uh, that's not a good apologetic What what is a good apologetic is a a full-throated choir of people singing their hearts out because God is great mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody's there on the edge of their seat with anticipation they've been looking forward to this all week and they want to hear a word from the living God and someone walks in off the street thinking you know, I don't, who knows what they're thinking but they how are they gonna be like whoa God is real God is in this place and fall down before him because everybody else there's taking it seriously right mm-hmm. um, so think about the lost. Number six, think about the children. Um, what does it say to your kids if you're a parent and your kids see you being like, yeah, actually, you know, the Cubs have a baseball game today. Um, that's, you know, well, baseball games usually start after lunch, but or I got tickets to the Cubs game and I'm going to basically not go to church so I can get there for batting practice or something like that, right? Like, what mm-hmm. is that teaching your kids? Mm-hmm. And and what is the best thing for your kids to actually see um, the reality of the faith? I think it's to see your mom and dad prioritizing it, to see mom and dad worshiping, and then to just be there every Sunday. I was in church every Sunday from birth, and you don't know any... And it's the same thing with my kids. You don't know any different, and you just... My kids go around the house, you know, singing the songs that we sing at church. Um, it's just, it's just an expected habit. Um, and you just, it just what you do, and I, I think that is is huge for reaching the next generation, mm-hmm. and for them to be in a church with aunties and uncles, and and they start to notice. Oh, that's the most heartbreaking thing sometimes is when they notice people not there. 
Um, and yeah, think about the children. It's impossible to overestimate the formative effect of regular Sunday church attendance on children too. Hmm. Uh, number seven, you need to pace yourself. The Christian life is a marathon. In order to make it to the end in faith, you need to have a steady rhythm, not a series of fits and starts, right? So some Sundays might be amazing, but many others just might be ordinary, <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. That's life. Yeah. Um, but ordinary things, they do things, right? You, you may not yeah, have, yeah. that sermon may not have like rocked your world, but it's, it's getting into your head. It's changing the way you think. And, uh, and that's the whole idea of a liturgy too, right? Like even if the sermon bombs and the worship team is off key, you've got this liturgy that, that just kind of takes you through and walks you through the gospel and, and reminds you of these things. And it's just so stabilizing for the, the long haul of the Christian life. I think then, like there's a good analogy of like, you know, working out, it's better to do like, uh, I don't know, like 10 to 20 push-ups every day for a while and like have spurts and spats of like 50 push-ups here and there kind of thing. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we could talk more here just about how liturgy works and how liturgy can shape you even unconsciously. Hmm. Um, James Smith, maybe we can do, maybe we can do a podcast on this sometime. Yeah. But uh, there's, yeah. So, uh, it's a discipline at the end of the day, number eight. Disciplines aren't usually in the immediate kind of fun or all the time, but they they bear fruit over time. And, uh, and so you have to discipline yourself to go, and that may mean some choices about how you spend your Saturday night, what time you go to bed. It, um, it takes choices about as more and more things start to come into Sundays, you got to say no, um, n- no to certain activities. Um, but yeah, being there on Sunday is a discipline, right? Hmm. And a discipline is good. It's the fruit of the spirit of self-control. So being ruled by your passions, like, how am I going to feel on Sunday when I wake up? Do I feel like doing this? Like that's not how we make decisions. Yeah, we do. We make decisions based on principles, and then we act in line with those things. And over time, that gets us to a place we want to be more than being ruled by your passions yeah. and your it's moods. A good, it's a good uh, Puritan impulse. Like the Puritans had this understanding of of character that uh, part of what gets you through hard times in life is just a steady rhythm. Of, of this is what I do today and I'm going to do it consistently no matter what happens and that that brings about a type of character that can weather good times in life and bad times in life mm. for number nine I said you need to trust trust God um, trust his promised means of grace don't try to make up your own new measures like mm, this this doesn't work for this culture, this day and age, so we're going to try something different. Um, now, this is what he said he blesses, so let's trust him even if we can't see it right now. And then uh, kind of also along these lines, too, it goes with the, you know, the whole day, really. We're not just talking about you know, two or three hours on a Sunday morning, but 
actually setting aside this whole day as, a, as the Lord's Day, a day of rest. And we can we can maybe do a whole other podcast on some of the theology behind Sabbatarianism and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But but the the idea of uh, at least just saying he he has he has this he has my worship when there's corporate worship on Sunday, uh, even if you have a lot to do, like even if you have a huge test tomorrow or a job interview on Monday morning, um, trust God. And I, I cite here my, my example of my dad. My dad was a farmer um, and he went to church every Sunday, even during you know, planting and harvest time, even if things were looking like rain, it was gonna rain like every day this week, but Sunday was bright and sunny. He was taking a nap on the couch on Sunday afternoon uh, after a family meal, you know, um, just because he trusted God. And, and I, there was never a year that he didn't get the crop planted and harvested. Hmm. God takes care of you. Prioritize him. Trust him. Uh, feel free to interject anywhere, but we're getting long, so I'm going to keep going fast. Hmm. Uh, number 10, you said you would. This was kind of directly to like church members. This is part of our membership covenant. Right, you made a vow that you'd be there every Sunday, so we need to be people of our integrity. Um, number eleven, we're embodied people. This was the whole theme of the summer retreat, right? Uh, and goes along with previous podcasts about online church. But um, I said this in 2014: gathering physically in an appointed place at an appointed time with real flesh and blood people to eat real bread and wine militates against our natural Gnosticism that pits the spiritual against the material. You can't just stay home and listen to worship music and honor him in your heart. Get your butt in the pew on Sunday is one way that you offer your bodies as living sacrifices, right? Or Psalm 149.1, praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song, praise his praise in the assembly of the saints. So it's an embodied experience. Anything you want to say there? Um... I like how you brought in uh, even the Old Testament has this hence like uh, expectation that like the saints of the Lord will assemble together and sing to the Lord. So it's all across. But, um, yeah, no, keep keep going. I don't want to like I don't want to like hold this up. So all right, number twelve. It syncs you up with something bigger than you. Um, to be a Christian is to be part of something beyond just you and Jesus, right? Uh, and so being part of a church, actually, it might slow you down in some ways because it, you're, you're now like bound up together with other people. But that's a good thing, too. And it's kind of cool that it's not just like every Christian's kind of on their own sort of individualized plan. We're all going through Habakkuk together right now. So all of us are thinking about Habakkuk, right, and what to do with, with perplexing providences and how it's okay to have questions about God's way, and but it's right to have faith as we wait the outworking of God's way, and we're all waiting to find out what God's going to say to us in chapter 3 and thinking about that. We're all on the same page, and that's it syncs you up with something bigger than yourself. Um kind of fun to be all listen you know and also with the bible reading plan thing on that too like just being part of a church we're all kind of reading the same stuff together and it seeps out into our conversation hmm. discuss the sermon together over lunch those are good yeah. things 
Yeah. Uh, it's what the church has always done, right? Uh, church tradition <coughs> shows this is how, how we've done it for centuries. And then suddenly everything has to change in the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Here's a quote from the, the Didache, an early church document. It says that on the Lord's Day, after you've come together, break bread, offer the Eucharist, uh, having first confessed your offenses. It's giving, it's, it's giving an outline of Lord's Day gatherings. Um, and you can trace it down through all kinds of different confessions and creeds. Um, 14, it's countercultural, right? Um, at one point, maybe in, in American life, you know, everybody just went to church on Sunday and you just went with the flow, but that's not the case anymore. Even more nowadays, this is a way that you stand out from the world um, by saying, nope, I don't work on Sunday, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, if you can. Uh, or, yeah, we don't, our kids don't do travel league baseball on Sundays. Um, what are you doing this Sunday? Uh, I'm going to church. Like, those kinds of things help you be salty. Mm-hmm. And being like, I'm not into organized religion, I'm spiritual, but don't like the church, or I, I need some self-care time at the beach for myself. Um, I'm not committed to an, any institution. Organi- that That's very conformist <laughs> to the world, I think. Mm-hmm. So... Hmm. be non-conformist um, and then 15 I quoted this quote actually this last Sunday in the sermon but if you if you don't go to church you might have missed revival right uh, or, or or the very just something that you needed a blessing that God had for you there but it's like it's like uh, you know your mom's cooked you this gourmet meal she loves you she wants to feed you and you said you'd be there at eight, you know, eight o'clock, and you just don't show up. You know, it's mm-hmm. um, you're missing out, <laughs> and you, you, you know, you don't know what you might be missing if you're not there. It might have been mm-hmm. just what you needed. Yeah. So that, that's my fifteen. What, what what would you add, Theo? Uh, I think one point that like I can, it, it's di- it's a different point, but and it's kind of. Um, subtly already in in your set but um i think um one point i I, i'm kind of just been thinking about a lot lately i I took i'm taking a class i'm about to finish it up basically on uh sociology and and, and pastoral ministry and um one of the things that I, i got out of that class was just that um if you uh, like like what is it that like makes up a, a community of people it's 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 not simply like uh a label or anything or like a title or, or any sort of not even necessarily like uh inherent shared interests it's it's a it's a set of values that we all share together and we all um imbibe and we get those shared values by um you know hearing certain messages and then uh setting up our lives in certain ways that are consistent with those messages and and, and eventually in some ways those things get internalized and we become uh a culture or a community of people 
that uh, naturally live out these set of values. That's a that's a very uh, secular way of, of talking about what a community is. Obviously, the church is more than that, but I think mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think it's less than that. I think you know, yeah, there's like something what, there. What does it for mean sure. for like IBC to like be a be a family to be a community? It's we well we like all hear the same message on Sunday. We all uh, do our best to like live consistently by that by coming to church on a regular basis and eventually we all become a type of people that have a certain set of values that are committed to the Lord committed to hearing from him and encouraging each other um, yeah yeah I think you know um, you know like there's a lot of people today now noticing like what's the what was lost when like families started stopped having like dinners together that's just like a, such a basic thing that like we we didn't think about but but when you lose some of that practice, you also lose some of the values attached behind the practice, and and right. things just start to disintegrate. So, I think maybe yeah. I might, might put a point on that. Yeah, yeah, I I think what I was going to say kind of fits together with that. I, I'm um, that if you're hmm, you're being shaped by something like uh, if you're so if you're not consistently in the church and in the rhythms of the church and committed there um, you're being shaped by something else and I so I I, I feel like na- nowadays more than any ever I, I've known like I need Sunday to be reoriented and mm-hmm. re-scripted into this this story of scripture and mm-hmm. God's people uh, and to be reminded of what's true um, because I'm if you're not there, I just don't see how you can spiritually stay afloat mm-hmm. <laughs> in this just sea of yeah. constant messages of fear and confusion and twisting the truth. And you're just going to get sucked in. There's just everything's competing for you all the time mm-hmm. to listen, you know, follow the election, follow all these, all the news, this angle. And, and, and just being in church mm-hmm. is so stabilizing. And uh, if you're not, you're, I think you're gonna drift away from the. I know you're gonna you're gonna drift away from the Lord. Yeah. You're gonna get caught up into something else. Um, that's not 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 biblical. Um, and you're gonna you're gonna get caught up and in, in sucked into all these other stories and narratives instead mm-hmm. of the yeah. the narrative of of uh, that we the liturgy and the scriptures, you know, insert us into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, and you know, like I, I, you know, I always have to be like, like, very like careful about how we we bring these things down because you know, I get it. I get right. there. There, are, there is a pandemic. There are things we need to be concerned about. And if right, if if it if it comes down to the point where like you know Chicago itself says like it's just too dangerous to meet then you know we, as we've done it before we'll sadly like cancel sunday services right. um, if we have to right um provincial yeah prevention yeah it's like a blizzard or something yeah so right. uh, you know we, we don't want to be legalistic about it but i right. we also want to like just just be real like clear like this isn't something that we can just dismiss this is something that 
is is integral. This is this is what it means to be the people of God. You go to church, yeah. um, and you can't just throw that away. Right. Well, I'm so. glad you brought that up. I think that's the probably the biggest point we need to reiterate here is that these aren't rules to make people feel guilty and pressured into conforming to some kind of behavior and crossing off T's and dotting I's and jumping through hoops and paying their dues. <laughs> okay. That has to be guarded against entirely. Legalism mm-hmm. and self-righteousness. You go to church to hear the gospel. Yeah. Um, this is this is the this is the place where you're, you're going to have the assurance of pardon. You're going to hear God's gracious word culminating in the cross, and you're going to eat at the Lord's table and be reminded of His love for you. So it's not a a work to do to get into God's favor um, and to feel bad about that you're not doing. It's it's a it's a place to run to 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 hear of His favor and be reminded of His love. And uh, there's a reason why the the uh, the shift from you know working six days and then and entering into rest flips on its head now in the new covenant you know mm-hmm. you start your week out in rest and then you go off into the rest of your week to do the things he's called you to do out of that rest mm-hmm. so that's what yeah, sunday that's we want good. sundays to be a delight to be a joy they may not always be every 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 week and that's why we talked about discipline and it's not about you and some of those other things but ultimately it really should be a sweet place where the grace of God is just thick and there's an atmosphere of mercy and grace that that is attractive. So that's my prayer. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't want to miss it if yeah. you if you know him. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, brother, thanks for that conversation. Hopefully yeah. it was beneficial, helpful. Yeah. I hope so. I yeah. hope this like is a good reminder for us as to like why why we should prioritize <laughs> physical assembly of saints. Uh, even in crazy times. Right. Especially in crazy times. Especially in crazy times. Yeah. Oh, man. Yep. All right. Talk to you later, man. Talk to you later. We'll see you.